This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Roddy takes the snap. He'll look to the right side. He's throwing deep again, going to the end zone, up in the air. It's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. Well, turn it up to 11, ladies and gentlemen. It is Inside Sports on 630 Chad. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. The Toronto Blue Jays in action against the New York Yankees. No score in the third inning. The Jays now tied for first with the Boston Red Sox. Red Sox play a little bit later on. The Edmonton Eskimos back at practice today. The new guy, Philip Hunt, looks like he might play already on Saturday against the Calgary Stampeders. We have the game for you here on 6.30, Chad. 3.30 pregame show, 5 o'clock kickoff. The 5-5 five and five Edmonton Eskimos against the 8-1-1 one one. Calgary Stampeders. I was uh, looking on the old internet today. Bo Levi Mitchell, by the way, 36-7-1. as a starter. Not bad. Hey, the World Cup of Hockey sort of starting tomorrow with some pre-tournament games. It's a triple header, in fact. The Czech Republic will play Russia in St. Petersburg. Sweden plays Finland in Helsinki. And Team Europe will play Team North America. The two made-up teams are going to meet in Quebec City. We'll uh, go out to Quebec a little bit later on, talk to Michael Trakos from the National Post. He's been covering Connor McDavid, Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, and Team North America. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. We have a lot to get to. A special guest in studio between 7 and 8 tonight as we are on the eve of the ribbon-cutting for Rogers Place Edmonton City Councilor Brian Anderson will join me in studio. Some news about Northlands as well to get to, and I'm sure we'll talk a little sports in general with uh, a guy who uh, has been a uh, was a prominent high school coach in this city earlier in his career. Jack Michaels will stop in uh, as well. I believe we're getting Jack a little bit later on. If you don't know uh, Jack, if you're if you're somehow new to Edmonton, uh, Jack, the play-by-play voice for the Edmonton Oilers here on 630 Chet on the Oilers radio network as the uh, Yankees get a home run here to go up 1-0. Uh, I believe we're getting Jack either in between or right before his fantasy football draft. Yes, it is that night. With, and I have one a little bit later on. I think it's at 9, so I guess I'll do it after work. Uh, Matthew Panashik on the other side of the window. I uh, I went uh, and met, met a couple of buddies for uh, pizza and a beverage last night after Inside Sports. And there was a long table, like tables put together, of gentlemen with laptops open. And they were all very absorbed. 
and they're la- and I was like, what what is going on? Like, are they, is is this a writing group? Are they all networked playing a video game? And then I saw a guy in a Baltimore Ravens jersey, and I was like, of course they have all gathered for their uh, for their fantasy football draft. So, uh, yes, uh, I'm sure several of you are are partaking here. The season starts tomorrow, by the way. Carolina at Denver, a Super Bowl rematch to get it going. Speaking of the Canadian Football League, its championship game in November, one Republic. We'll play the Grey uh, Cup halftime show November 27th, BMO Field in Toronto. Uh, the one song of theirs I'm familiar with, Matthew, uh, was it Counting Stars? Though there you go. If they do that one, I will recognize it. Now, do you, by the way, they're American, right? They are. Do you think it has to be a Canadian band for the Grey Cup? Have they run out of all the good Canadian bands, though, to have at the Grey Cup? Oh, I don't think so. There's got to be a, a few out there. Well, remember the Justin Bieber experience during the 100th Grey Cup wasn't very good at all. Did he do the Grey Cup? I don't even remember that. Do you remember that there was a bunch of them, right? There was him. I think Gordon Lightfoot played too, right? There was three acts that that. Wasn't halftime. it the one with uh, uh, Marianas Trench and uh, the Call Me Maybe girl? Oh, Call was Me Maybe. Was Bieber Jefferson. part of that too? I I believe so. I think so. I'd look back. All right. Well, here's the yeah. I, I don't know. I I. I, I usually I'll watch the halftime show just because, but as, as you know, as I've said several times when I talk about the Super Dogs or some of the contests or whatever, I'm not overly into that. But One Republic, good for them. You can always text 630-630, by the way. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Canada's first pre-tournament game at the World Cup of Hockey will be Friday in Columbus. They're going to be taking on the United States. Carey Price will get the nod in net. Of course, he missed most of last season, had that right knee injury, hasn't played since November 25th, but ready to go against the States. You know what? I've, uh, you know, I've, been, I've been skating a lot. Like, I don't have any question marks about my about my, my health or my body or anything. I've, I've tested absolutely everything to limit. I did everything correctly, so I have absolutely no worries about anything. All right, so uh, Braden Holtby, obviously another top candidate to get that job with with uh with team canada canada will play the states on friday in columbus they'll play the states again on uh saturday that game will be in ottawa final tournament tune-up for canada next wednesday against russia that one's actually going to be in pittsburgh mcdavid in north america i mentioned the game against europe tomorrow in quebec city they will play uh europe again sunday in montreal and uh then Team North America against the Czech Republic. That's in Pittsburgh, an afternoon game on Wednesday. They got a doubleheader in Pittsburgh on uh, Wednesday. Czech Republic, North America in the afternoon, Canada and Russia in the evening. The tournament starts for real Saturday, September 17th. We will be broadcasting uh, all the uh, primetime games from the World Cup of Hockey right here on 6.30. Chet, all the games will start at 6 o'clock, except for the third game of the final, if necessary. So uh, we'll have some live play-by-play for you starting. Uh, Well, we'll actually have play-by-play the day before because we're bringing you all the Oilers rookie games from Penticton. But in terms of the World Cup, that'll start on Saturday, September 17th. Joe Pavelski has been named the captain of uh, the Team USA for the World Cup uh, as well. So I think just North America now without a captain. And I likely to be named tomorrow or Friday. Whatever is going to be Connor McDavid or if they'll go with one of the graybeards on the team. By the graybeards, I mean the 23-year-olds. <laughs> uh, all right. Leon Dreisaitl playing for Team North or for pardon me for Team Europe 
in the World Cup of Hockey. He joined Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now earlier today and, of course, commented on uh, the addition of uh, Adam Larson, who you may have heard was acquired from New Jersey in a trade for Taylor Hall. I think he's going to be really good for our team uh, now and in the future. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's the right-handed shot we, we, we looked for. And, um, you know, I, I actually think he, he might be a little underrated uh, by by people, um, I think he's very very solid, and um, he's going to help us for sure. I realize you're focused on the World Cup of Hockey, Leon uh, Drysaddle joining us. But has uh, Coach Tom McClellan spoken to you uh, in the off season when 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 you do get back for Oilers uh, preseason games, or, or or you know about? Is there a possibility you would spend time on right wing, or is it exclusively center, or has that conversation even existed, Leon? No, we we have not talked about that yet. Um, you know, I, I guess that that's time. Uh, there's time for that when when camp starts, and uh, you know, again, um, I'm open for whatever. I, I said it. I said it many times. You know, I don't mind playing the wing at all. So um, we'll see. All right, so a little bit of Leon Dreisaitl from earlier today. You can always get uh, more from shows on 630Ched.com. Go to the Oilers Now link if you want to follow that. Uh, you get the whole Leon Dreisaitl interview. Commenting that he believes maybe Adam Larson is a little bit underrated. We'll see. I, is there going to be a more scrutinized player on the Oilers this season than Adam Larson? I doubt it. I, I, I mean... Sir McDavid, everybody's going to be paying attention to. I, I don't know if people are going to be uh, attempting to pick apart and go over everything Larson does with a f- fine tooth. Co- or they're not, they're not going to go every, over all of McDavid's game with a fine tooth comb like they're going to with uh, with Larson. Who, uh, you know, what? it's going to be tough. I, I just hope. I, I hope he's given the opportunity to settle in. And I mean, look, I'm not saying he gets a, a free pass for a long time, but sometimes it takes guys five to ten games in a, in a new environment to, to really, till you really see the player they're going to be. I think Andre Secker is a perfect example of that. He did, to me, he didn't really start playing the game he can play until about ten games into the season. Uh, the Oilers, uh, Oilers NHL roster and many minor leaguers continue to skate, by the way. Uh, over at Rogers Place. I believe they're using the community rink, the the rink in the northeast corner of the facility as opposed to the main stadium rink. Doesn't that casino open today? Yes, it does. Jeez, we can go gambling after work if you want, Panashik. As long as you're paying, I'm there. Well, no, I'm not going to cover your gambling debts. You got you to risk it yourself, buddy. Well, I just thought maybe, <laughs> you know, you'd lend me a couple of bucks to, you know, winnings would split 50-50, right? So. C- casino in a hockey rink. Seems like a, a a good formula for the casino to make some money, <laughs> especially after games. Especially if the Oilers win. Especially if there's been some beverages consumed by the patrons of Rogers Place. Just saying. Hey, not gonna not gonna fault anybody for making money. Good for them. Uh, you can text six thirty six thirty. Stealth says maybe they can wheel out Burton Cummings one more time. Talking about the Great Cup halftime show. Yes, Matthew, the one you were referring to, 2012 at Rogers Center. Gordon Lightfoot, Marianas Trench, Carly Rae, Jepson, and Justin Beaver did two songs, Boyfriend and Beauty and a Beat. I could not name 
I couldn't even hum along to those songs if my life, like I couldn't right now start humming those songs if my life depended on it, unfortunately. Me neither. His music, his new music is actually pretty good, so. Uh, yesterday, I'll just briefly do this because I, I neglected a couple of people reaching out to me on Twitter. Alberta uh, AB Bighorn Hunter on Twitter says the Burt Reynolds shooter, Amaretto and Butter Ripple Schnapps. We were talking about having a drink named after you. Rod Phillips, Oilers play-by-play legend, has a uh, cocktail named after him in Roger's place. So we started talking about people who have named drinks after them. I, I only thought of a couple to begin with. Shirley Temple, what was the other one I said, Matthew? You weren't working yesterday. Yeah, it was. Uh, what was it? I said Shirley Temple yeah. and... Oh, Arnold Palmer. Yeah. I love the Arnold Palmer. Neither one of those have alcohol, right? No. You're right. Uh, Kyle, now I didn't know this, Jackie Parker has a drink named after him? Vodka Cranberry? I did not know that. That must just be an Edmonton thing then. Yeah. I don't know. That's pretty cool. All right. Thanks. You can always tweet me at Reed Wilkins. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, after the 6.30 news, we will uh, go out to Quebec. Michael Tracos is covering Team North America, so he'll give us a sense of how it's going for McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, McClellan, and company. But I want to uh, do something a, a, a little different. It's not analyzing the Oilers or the World Cup or the Eskimos. We're going to take a few minutes and just do a really positive story uh, with Sports Central when we get back. It's Inside Sports on 6.30. Chet. For breaking news and expert opinion, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6:30, Chad. Now, two nothing for the Yankees, leading the Blue Jays in the top of the fourth at Yankee Stadium. Jays in Boston tied for first in the American League East. Boston plays a little bit later on. All right, here's here, Matthew. I'd like you to do uh, do me a favor. Can you open up the phone line seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three? We're going to give away four tickets to the Labor Day rematch. It's a 5 o'clock kickoff on uh, Saturday at the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. You will have to answer a trivia question live on air with me after I talk to this gentleman. I'm proud to welcome to the show the Executive Director of Sports Central, Sheldon Alexson. Sheldon, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Reed. Just heading back from uh, Fort McMurray after dropping off over $500,000 worth of uh, sports equipment for the kids in need in Fort McMurray and the the whole... uh, uh, area of um, what Buffalo. Well, it's going to be an exciting day for you, and I mean, it was such a tough time in, in Fort McMurray and area when when the fires swept through. Just just tell us a little bit about getting this initiative going and the response to it in over the last few months. Yeah, well, you know, we uh, Sports Central started to help kids almost 48 hours after the wildfires because we had uh, Ground Zero at the Northlands Expo Center. And so families and kids were arriving there, and after they kind of got processed and settled, the kids needed uh, stuff to do. So Northland sent over a couple of trucks. We load them up with all kinds of equipment for the kids to use and get them active, and that was just the start. And then we started to have uh, baseball teams that were playing in uh, tournaments that uh, wanted to continue with their uh, uh, tournament experience, but uh, they couldn't get access to their stuff back in Fort McMurray because the town was in lockdown, so we helped those people out. We had kids that were uh, in hockey schools, that same thing, couldn't get their equipment, so uh, 
they came over to Sports Central. They were children in need, and we outfitted them, and they were able to continue on uh, with their commitments over the summer. Then around May, we actually launched together in union with United Cycle a campaign called Sports for the North, and our goal was to raise uh, $500,000 worth retail value of uh, new and new sports equipment and funds uh, for the, the children in need in the North. So today is actually a fulfillment of that campaign, and we're just thrilled to drop the stuff off to the kids in Fort McMurray. Wow. Well, awesome work and, and incredible how, how people got behind this and, and helped out. I mean, are we talking, I mean, a lot of times when people think equipment in this part of the world, you think hockey equipment, um, but but I imagine, was, was there a little bit of everything in this bunch today? Yeah, so we had three main sports. Uh, hockey would probably be the largest portion, and the timing's good because the hockey season's starting, right? Uh, the next one's... Uh, are going to be baseball, and then after that, football. Those are the big three. But uh, because Sports Central provides equipment for 13 different sports, we, we brought up a smattering of, uh, of other sports equipment as well for, for them to use. Well, that's awesome stuff. Uh, Sheldon Alexson joining us on uh, Inside Sports. He's the executive director of Sports Central. Uh, you know, I know you guys work so hard. I've been able to visit your, your facility. It's it, it's incredible in there with all the equipment, and you see the bikes getting fixed up and all that stuff. Uh, obviously, uh, our friend Mark Spector does a does a great job keeping you guys out in the public eye, too. Um, the, yeah. this, is, this is a big thing you were able to, to accomplish today. Um, you know, if, how else can, can people help here in the, in the months as we uh, transition into, into fall and winter? You know, Reed, we haven't really brought an official close to the campaign yet, so there's still a need for funds. There's, we're always accepting equipment at our drop-off locations across the city, or people can bring it right into Sports Central. Uh, I know that um, there's always going to be a need uh, for equipment across the north, and we have all kinds of initiatives that are starting often by request to outfit uh, communities with a shipment, uh, maybe not as large as this one, but still in support of different communities. So um, if people can go to our website and make a donation of cash or if they've got equipment around the house and bikes that they can uh, share with us so that we can pass those on, that would be wonderful. All right. Well, Sheldon, thanks for making time for me. I know it's a busy day for you, and you're in transit as we speak. But uh, awesome stuff with, with uh, you know, what you did for Fort McMurray and Sports Central in general. And, hey, keep in touch. It's always great to have you on the show. Well, Reed, thanks so much for your uh, support. Uh, we also need to, uh, I just wanted to mention, uh, we need to purchase equipment. Like, there are some pieces that we cannot provide because we don't have it. Things like helmets, for example, that need to be safe for con- contact sports. Uh, so that's definitely a need. But I just want to thank you, uh, Reed, and uh, your station for your ongoing support and helping us to get our message out. We can't do it without you. Well, hey, it's our pleasure, Sheldon, for sure, and, and you do such great work there at Sports Central, so thanks a lot for joining us tonight. That's Sheldon Alexson, the executive director of Sports Central, and as you heard him describe, they mobilized pretty quickly to help some of the uh, displaced uh, families and kids from Fort McMurray get some equipment when you know people had to stay in Edmonton and Edmonton and area, and uh, yeah, going up there today, dropping off half a million dollars worth of sports equipment. As he said, mostly hockey, baseball, and uh, and football, but some other things as well. You can always help Sports Central year-round. Here's what we're going to do now. 
Uh, we're going to give away four tickets to the Labor Day Classic. It's our last set of four that we have to give away on Inside Sports. So if you win, you'll have to pick them up either tomorrow or Friday. And you do have to answer a trivia question live on air. I think if you're an Eskimos fan, it won't be that difficult. Barry is on the line. Barry, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, first of all? Oh, just fine. How about you? I'm doing well. Thanks for listening to the show, and thanks for calling in. Uh, are you ready to rock with a question here? I love your show. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, well, and thanks, by the way. I think I think you'll know this one if you're any kind of an Eskimos fan. Uh, when was the last year a team won the Labor Day rematch between Edmonton and Calgary and the Grey Cup in the same season? Oh, boy. So a team wins the Labor Day rematch, Calgary at Edmonton, and then goes on to win the Grey Cup in the same season. i got to give you the year? Yep. Uh, 2011? Sorry, Barry, you're a little bit off, buddy. I'm going to go to Jeremy. Jeremy, you heard the question? Yeah. When was it? It was last year, 2015. Absolutely. Jeremy, were you at the Labor Day rematch last year? I was. All right. Well, you're going again. I plans to that parking party thing, and it was pretty awesome. I'm excited to go again this year. Oh, good stuff. Okay. Well, uh... I, as you've heard me say, I, I am a little nervous about the game again. <laughs> and again, I'm not being. People have told me I'm being negative about the Eskimos. I think I'm more praising Calgary. They're just rolling right now. Yeah, I know. I hate how they have a good team every year. <laughs> well, right off. Yeah, they've been a bit of a model franchise. Jeremy, stay on the line, okay? So Matthew can take down your info. All right, sounds good. Thank you. Okay, Jeremy gets it. It was last year. The Eskimos won the Labor Day rematch, snapped that long losing streak against the Stampeders, and then went on to win the Grey Cup. Uh, All right, so he's going to the game. Here's what we're going to do. We got the news coming up in about 15 seconds. After the news, Michael Trakos covering Team North America. Dave Campbell with an update on those Eskimos. I wonder if Philip Hunt's going to play on the D-line. And between 7 and 8, in studio, live with City Councillor Brian Anderson. All ahead on Inside Sports. Hey, this is Jordan Everly from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. All right. Good to have you along for the ride tonight. It is Inside Sports on 630 Chad. Jeremy winning the Eskimos tickets. The trivia question was, when was the last year either Calgary or Edmonton won the Labor Day rematch and then won the Grey Cup in the same season. It was last year. Edmonton won the Labor Day rematch, didn't lose after that, won their last 10 games, eight regular season games, two playoff games, and won the Grey Cup. We were talking earlier about the uh, Grey Cup halftime show. One Republic is going to play the show this year in Toronto. CW says uh, Sam Roberts, the Sheepdogs, it's in Toronto. Why not Drake? Lots of Canadian talent around, no need to go looking. So, didn't uh, did the Sheepdogs not play some kind of a football game? Maybe it was a pregame. They might have played the pregame show in Regina. Michael uh, Trakos from the National Post uh, joins us now. Michael, you're on with Reed. Thanks for joining us. So, you know, the, here's, the, here's the thing about halftime shows. Whenever, uh, I, I, you rarely hear people say, oh, yeah, perfect choice, right? There's always something wrong with whoever gets picked for the halftime show, right? Either side of the border. Unless it's Bruce Springsteen or someone of that ilk, right? Like, I, I remember Tom Petty performing at the Super Bowl, and I was just in awe. I don't remember many guys complaining about that kind of artist who's kind of uh, universally loved, regardless of how old you are. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. There's always kind of, well, you know, music is just subjective and whatnot. 
Yeah, I'm just, does it have to be Canadian? I, I think I would prefer it to be Canadian, but there's always availability and probably some uh, financial negotiations involved too, right? <laughs> oh, I imagine so. Um, yeah, I don't care so much about that. I'm, I'm never up in arms about like, oh, why didn't they pick someone from our from Canada? You know, if it happens, it happens. I remember just. Uh, it's a good artist. I don't care where they come from. Yeah. Uh, well, you're covering some Canadian kids and some American kids. North uh, Team North America. They will play both anthems, by the way, uh, before the Team uh, North America games. What's What's it like? It's got to be unique. I mean, being around this team, um, I mean, it's it's almost like covering a CIS team, except they're all pro <laughs> hockey players when it comes to age. Yeah, you're right. Uh, It's kind of fun, actually. Um, You know, like, no one knows what to expect from this team. And I think going in, uh, we kind of had some ideas as to um, what the feeling would be around those guys. But, you know, every day has kind of been like a new experience. Like, the other day, they put Jack Eichel and Connor McDavid on the same power play. And it was just kind of like, hey, never seen that before. And we're probably never going to see that again because... Um, next time these guys are playing internationally, they're going to be playing for the respective countries. And chances are Connor McDavid and Jack Eichel are probably never going to be teammates in the NHL. So uh, a lot of it's just kind of like um, there's a bit of a kind of a, an intrigue or a cool factor to it. And you know what? I don't know how successful this team is going to be. Um, I guess we're going to start seeing that tomorrow when they play Team Europe. But uh, I'm intrigued by the concept. I hope it doesn't become just some embarrassing joke I, I actually hope that this team um you know upsets some teams they're going to be in a deadly kind of group of death uh, death kind of uh division there with uh, sweden and finland and uh, uh russia so it's, it's going to be really hard for them to get out of that division but i would love to see them just kind of i don't know upset the masses so to speak well i, I think a lot of people are going to be pulling for them now obviously i i live in Edmonton, where people want to see Connor McDavid succeed, but I, I think they're going to get some. I, I, if if they happen to play Canada and it couldn't happen to the playoffs, that would be really interesting to see who fans in Toronto would rally behind if it came to that. Well, I know for a fact that they're going to be rallying behind Austin Matthews, and just for the same <laughs> reason why Edmonton fans are probably going to be rallying behind Connor McDavid. So, I, I think that's the cool thing. And you know what? I wonder. Like, I'm 37 years old. I don't know how old you are, but. Um, I would put myself almost square in the middle of, okay, should I, if I was a fan, should I root for Canada or should, should I root for the young guys? And I wonder if, uh, if you're in the 20-year-old range, um, if you maybe have more of an allegiance to the Young Guns team and maybe your father or your mother is kind of of the oak where, oh, you know, I'm going to cheer for the, the Canadian team that I know and love. So you could kind of get that. Where in, in a household, you're, you're almost kind of divided, not so much by country but by uh, age group yeah well I'm, I'm i'm 42 so i i've i've talked this week about you know remembering the, the 1987 canada cup is the the pinnacle for me of, of international hockey i don't i don't know if this tournament's gonna have that mystique around it but uh i think it'll be fun once it gets going now michael trakos is covering north uh, team north america for the national post uh a couple things i want to get to here uh canada is going to give Kerry price the net first in their pre-tournament game what's uh, gibson hellebuck murray what's going on with the team north america goalies well, they're being kind of tight-lipped about it right now, but you know what? All indications are that uh, Matt Murray's going to get the start against Team Europe tomorrow, and then they're going to either give uh, uh, Hellebuck or Gibson the start 
for game two uh, against Europe again. And basically, whoever plays better is going to get the game three start, and then they're going to go from there. So, you know, I, I would imagine it's Matt Murray's job to lose just because of what we saw him do in the playoffs where basically backstop Pittsburgh to a Stanley Cup championship and was in that uh, Smythe uh, conversation the whole way through. And at the same time, we're talking about a guy who's only got about a dozen games uh, under his belt in the regular season. So um, all three guys are sort of worthy and also come with their own question marks, like John Gibson uh, and Frederick Anderson uh, as teammates um, won the William Jennings Award for allowing the fewest goals last season. And, and yet this is a guy that hasn't really had the number one job ever in the NHL. And same thing with Connor Hellebuck, where uh, a year ago, um, won a bronze medal at the World Championships with the U.S., but uh, you look at Winnipeg's net, and he's never had the full-time duty there. So and there's obviously going to be question marks. This isn't the team, this isn't Canada, where you've got Price, uh, Hopi, you just won a Vesna, and, and uh, Corey Crawford has won two Stanley Cups. And it's not the U.S. where you've got three awesome goaltenders and Quick, Schneider, and Bishop. So um, a lot of it's going to depend on how these guys play, and don't be surprised if they get a quick hook now and then if uh, things aren't going their way. All right. Uh, what's going on? I, I mean, uh, the United States named a captain today, Joe Pavelski, and, and again, from an Edmonton angle, people are wondering, I mean, I think Connor McDavid will be the next captain of the Edmonton well, Oilers. All my questions are going to be about Connor McDavid. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you because he's the guy I'm always curious about as well, but... Uh, well, I should ask you: Had you uh, had you seen him play in, in person a lot before getting to cover this? Yeah, well, he's actually uh, from the same town that I live in and I grew up in. Uh, oh, nice, Mark, Ontario. So I get to see Connor a lot and have a lot of well, how can you not have a lot of respect and just be in, in, in awe of the kind of player he is? But you know, talking to uh, teammates and uh, at this World Cup. You know, a lot of them are in awe of what he can do. And then we saw a bit of it actually uh, this season in Edmonton, obviously, at the World Championships. And, you know, I think a lot of us have been following this kid's career uh, since he was 14 or 15 years old. So um, I'd be surprised if he doesn't get the captaincy. Um, but I'll, but I wouldn't be shocked if he does get it as well. I don't know if that makes a lot of sense. But th- there are a lot of options here. And um, Tom McClellan's probably under a little bit more pressure because he's the coach of the Oilers as well. And, um, if he doesn't give him the captaincy, um, was that going to be viewed as a slight? And I don't think it should be because you know you got a lot of guys who've got a little bit more experience. Whether it's a Brandon Saad who's won two Stanley Cups, or an Aaron Ekblad who just he looks like he shouldn't even be on this team because he looks like he's 30 years old already. But um, whether Connor gets the captaincy or not, I think there's no doubt that he's going to be the on ice leader because he's you know, one of the greatest players in, in the NHL in the world right now. All right. Well, Michael, it's it's a fun. Now, are you already uh, in Quebec City, or are you still in Montreal? Yeah, you know what, my train. Uh, I just arrived basically by train, so uh, I'm in Quebec City. I was in Montreal uh, this morning, and uh, yeah, I'm kind of uh, pumped up for the game. Just on the train, talking to some people here. A lot of people are really interested in seeing uh, this game tomorrow. Right on. Well, thanks for giving us a first-hand account of uh, how it's going. Enjoy the uh, World Cup tournament as it ramps up, and thanks for making time for us on Inside Sports, man. All right. Thanks, Reed. That is Michael Trakos checking in tonight from the National Post. So, uh, yeah, he's he, he's seen McDavid play 
for a while, and he mentioned the goaltending situation there. He, uh, Matt Murray going to get the first start, so I guess he has the inside track right now on being their starter. But three pre-tournament games for North America as we roll along. You can always text 630-630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. This portion of the show is brought to you by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can visit actionfurnace.ca. Darcy says, hey, Reed, I'm cheering for Team North America all the way kind of upset at team canada for snubbing taylor hall from the team that is for uh, from darcy text line is 6:30. all right coming up to uh, quarter to seven that's 6:45 for all you whippersnappers out there uh city councillor brian anderson after seven and dave campbell will bounce into studio for a quick update from eskimos practice You're listening to 6:30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right, it is 6:47. It is Inside Sports on 6:30 Chad. Really good to have you along for the ride. By the way, a little news about Tiger Woods. He hopes to play in the Safeway Open starting on October 13th in Napa, California. Of course, Woods has not played an event since August of 2015. Hard to believe, but he's uh, hoping to finally come back. Uh, injury plagued, scandal plagued the last few seasons for uh, Tiger Woods. The Eskimos, no doubt they're going to play on Saturday. Dave Campbell is the producer of this show and the color analyst for our broadcast here on 630. Chet, Dave, how are you doing? Really well, Reed. How are you? Doing great, man. Good to have you back at work here. Uh, well, back from Calgary, uh, I-, I guess. Do I dare ask you about the uh, addition to the wall of your cubicle? Oh, man. Why do I do this to myself? I don't know why you do it. Why do I do this to my fellow co-workers who I have to cause them visual abuse? So this this is what happens. Jock Wilson, who uh, works for our uh, uh, sister station down in Calgary, Newstalk 770, he's the host of their evening sports show. Um, hi, Jock. Oh, he's on the air. He can't hear me. Anyway, uh, you know, we have a bet on Labor Day, and uh, the winner has to hang uh, the other uh, team's flag in their office for a week. I lost again, and uh, now there's a red and white stampeder flag with an ugly horse, and it's uh, it's awful. You know, I've heard several people, <laughs> including yourself, uh, even Kelsey Campbell has said, um, and the producer of the Ryan Jesperson show, said, it's rather shocking when you walk in and see that flag. It's like, whoa. Yeah, it's bad. It's ugly. So... I'm looking forward to the end of the week taking that sucker down. Now, is there another bet on the Labor Day rematch with Jock? No, I'm not doing... He said double or nothing. I'm like, no, Jock. No, double or no, nothing. No, this, okay. is, this isn't happening. All right. Not this year. Well, that's... <laughs> explains that. I don't know if it's an adequate uh, explanation, but uh, but that's uh, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Philip. Well, what do you want to know? We had a bet and I lost I, I again. I don't want you to stop making bets. Oh, well. That that's great, ugly... Deck decor around the office. See, this is like Michael J. Fox or Marty McFly's character in Back to the Future. Nobody calls me chicken. <laughs> All right. You know? Well, you're not chicken. That is true. Yeah. Uh, Philip Hunt, could he possibly play already on Saturday yeah. in the D line? Yeah. I think you so. Think so? Yeah. Uh, it was just a walkthrough practice today, but I saw Philip Hunt up with the D line. Uh, so, yeah, it's possible, I think, that he plays. And, uh, you know, one guy can make a difference in this 
back-to-back series and the games are not as short as they uh, were you know back a couple years ago when it was two days and you know five or two games in five days you know play the Monday play the Friday so that one extra day does help both teams but you know one fresh body could make a difference so it's, it's not definitive but from what I saw at practice I'm you know, open to the possibility that this could really happen. So, and he's familiar with the system that they're running on the D-line because Casey Crean, who's a former D-line coach and defensive coordinator with Winnipeg, he was in Winnipeg when uh, Philip Hunt was uh, around back in 2009, 2010. So uh, it's another experienced guy that's in the lineup and uh, probably would allow him to take uh, a rookie out, probably Michael Buchanan. So you have another veteran, and, you know, a guy hasn't played in the CFL in six years, spent a lot of time in the NFL, uh, had an ACL injury uh, during the middle part of his uh, stint down there, but had 23 tackles and uh, four sacks in about uh, 24 games. So I would say productive. Um, you know, he had something like, what is it, 40, 40 50 tackles, I think, in, in two seasons with the, uh, with the uh, Bombers and a CFL All-Star, so that's pretty good. So uh, if he can be anywhere near that Philip Hunt, then this team's got a good one, and they need pressure on that D-line. Yeah, It's got to be generated somehow because it's just not there consistently enough. All right. I mean, we've been analyzing the Eskimos' loss to Calgary uh, quite a bit. Uh, you know, look, I think there's a there's a gap between the two teams, and not just the Eskimos and Calgary, Calgary and everybody else, but, but I know the Eskimos aren't looking at it. What are they saying about... Monday's game and what they need to make different on Saturday night? Well, basically, it's, you know, I remember uh, hearing from J.C. Sherritt, and he says, you know what, we, uh, he said today, we we were right there with them. But the problem is, every mistake we made, they capitalized, and they made a lot of mistakes. Um, I mean, 10 plays, passing plays over 15 yards, and a lot of them hurt the Eskimos. Uh, That's not good. So, they do have to find a way to get pressure on Bo Levi Mitchell. And I thought at times they had a, they, they pressured him enough that it caused Bo Levi Mitchell to move in the pocket. But after that, it just changed launch points for him. Mm-hmm. It just changed his trajectory, and he was able to readjust. They, didn't, they weren't able to get him down. Uh, so I think that's one area is D-line pressure. Uh, give Mike Riley some time back there uh, from, a, from an O-line perspective. That would help. But, you know, also I think there's... There's a bit of a question mark about Mike Riley's decision-making at times still. He's thrown, I think, four to five interceptions inside the red zone, including, I think, three in the end zone. Mm -hmm. It's not good. So the decision-making has to be a lot better. Um, And just on offense, they just just have to find a way to get downfield, you know, and, and, and execute. And even if they're not getting downfield, you know, you're not seeing, okay, so they don't go downfield for a 20 yard plus play you know it's not like 10 times a game like the like the stampeders did but if they're able to move the ball consistently and cut down penalties and cut down the mistakes they're going to give themselves a chance to win and uh, it's interesting too because mike Riley and jason moss talked about intensity because you know even i question the intensity at times and they said it's not the lack of intensity we have the intensity but we don't manage it very well at times good play happens we're too high mm-hmm. Bad play happens, we're too low. Right. You look at the Stampeders, they manage their emotional intensity level very, very well. And they had bad moments in that game too. So it's just being consistent um, as far as the line play. I mean, to me, it's it starts on the line of scrimmage. And the Eskimos got to be much better to give themselves a chance on Saturday. They will be better. I do believe that. I don't think they're going to come out and lay an egg. 
Um, does that mean they're going to be the, the best team in the CFL? That doesn't guarantee anything, but I think they're going to be a much more inspired team. Dave, thanks for your time. Thank you. That is Dave Campbell checking in tonight inside sports on 630. Chet, the uh, color analyst for our Eskimos broadcast here on 630. Chet, so, yeah, it sounds like a good chance Philip Hunt just signed yesterday could very well play on the defensive line. And the last time he was on a defensive line, he was really good. A couple seasons in Winnipeg, 2009-2010. He had 18 sacks in 25 games, and he played with Odell Willis. Uh, you know, bring back memories, you know, those good old Lambo and Ferrari days, you know. So just bring back memories, another good good athlete. Uh, like I say, another another piece of the puzzle to help us get where we're trying to go. Yeah. What, what's his best quality? I mean, obviously the stats just jump out. The one stat, 16 sacks in one, in one season. I mean, like I say, he's a true pass rusher. He know how to get to the quarterback. He know how to get to the ball. And like I say, you know what I'm saying, he's been in this league, so he got a veteran presence that he brings to our D-line, and like I said, I just can't wait to uh, get back after it. Good fortune for the club that, you know, a guy like that's available. I mean, it's always great when you can find good players, and especially, like I said, good players that have played this game and have the knowledge for this game. That's always a plus. And like I said, he had uh, great success before he left, and we're just looking for him to pick off, pick up where he left off at. Which one are you, the, the Lambo or the Ferrari? Oh, I'm the Lambo. He the Ferrari. All right, so Odell Willis is the Lamborghini, Philip Hunt the Ferrari. At least that's what they called themselves when they were Blue Bombers teammates. Look, the Eskimos' defense much maligned this season, and let, let's face it, a lot of that criticism has been justified, and most of it has been levied against uh, the secondary. They've given up a lot of explosive plays. They've given up a lot of plays that if they didn't lead to touchdowns right away, at the very least, they tilted the field. You know, maybe you got a team on their own 30, second and 10, and then a pass gets them down into field goal range in the Eskimos' end all in one play. But this is also an Eskimos defensive line that does not have the sacks and does not have the pressure that they were able to get last season, and I hate to do the last season comparison, but but you know it's 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 hovering there in recent memory. And Willis knows they got to get more pressure from the D line. D line pressure can affect the whole game, no matter what's going on. I mean, if you watched it closely, he paid attention to the D line because he would drop back if he didn't see his first read. He'll look at the D line to find out where he can get away to extend the plays, and that's one thing I'm disappointed in myself and our D line that, that we let Bo Levi get out the pocket and he's not a like mobile quarterback like that. So for him, for us to let him get out the pocket and put our DBs in a bind, asking them to cover guys for six seconds, that's unacceptable uh, on my half and the D-line half. So my thing is, you know, D-line pressure is like pressure bust pipes. I mean, you put pressure on people, on one or two things going to happen. Either they're going to succeed or they're going to fail. I mean, that's just how it is in life. And to me, for us to get pressure, I mean, I feel like that's a big key because I take pride in what we do a little bit from odell willis as he gets set to face the calgary stampeders on saturday and uh, later on tonight you'll hear from philip hunt the newest members of uh, newest member of your edmonton eskimos it is 657 here's what we're going to do we have news traffic and weather coming your way and then in studio with city councilor brian anderson a lot to talk about with him and uh, a lot of conversation about rogers place open to you the public on Saturday for the first time. Big weekend. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet.
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.